Welcome into the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. We're calling this one Run Off the Road because Illinois loses 37-30 to to University of Texas San Antonio on Saturday night. And this is not how Brett Bielema and Yolanda had it scripted. Marley, the honeymoon is over. Honeymoon is over. They're packing up their bags, leaving Bora Bora, coming back to reality. Bora Bora. <laughs> um, but I, I can't say that I am surprised because I think this does fit the Illinois narrative as much as they try to escape it after that Nebraska win, a big week zero win, and taking down a Big Ten opponent the first game of the season to start off the Brett Bielema era. I think Illinois fans knew it was almost too good to be true and they expected this one to go as it kind of did, which went in typical Illinois fashion, you know, penalties um, costing them quite a few yards, Illinois playing catch up the whole game and uh, trying to get it done in the end when it had already been sealed pretty much by the Roadrunners. So I can't say I'm surprised, even though I would have liked to see them. Prove the doubters wrong. <laughs> <laughs> for as good as it was last week for Illini Nation in beating Nebraska at home and opening up the season in the Brett Bielema era in such a positive way, Andy, to come out today, the players you could tell were bummed afterwards, and we, and we chatted with them uh, post-game there. It's just trying to handle all that emotion and the high and then the low, and this is certainly a low. Yeah, and we're going to see what the team is made of now in the coming weeks. I think we all expected – this to come eventually, Brett Bielema wasn't going to go 12-0 and in his first season with this Illinois team. He even said in the press conference afterwards how, you know, you kind of have to remind yourselves that this is a rebuilding process, that this wasn't going to be, you know, the this wasn't going to be a team that was able to just get out there and win right away. We saw them do that with Nebraska, but today some of their flaws were shown to a more pronounced degree than they were against the Huskers. And that goes to show how good of a team UTSA is. I don't think they're very far from being one of the top teams in Conference USA. And, of course, it's I think you guys have said and people have, that I've talked to have already said it's very Illinois to schedule a team like UTSA a couple of years ago when they were only they were less than a decade of existence and now catch them at the time where they're probably the – this is the biggest win in program history. They're playing the best that they ever have in, in program history. And it it's – troubling when you think about how illinois already had a game underneath their belts and utsa did come out and really beat them i would say in every facet of the game we're going to go down the stats i'm sure but i can't find a single one maybe punting where illinois <laughs> was better to a more pronounced degree than the roadrunners and it's their first time playing a big 10 That's opponent right. too i think we ever. need to keep in mind ever ever yeah. in program history and they came in and just dominated right. at Memorial Stadium. They've played uh, just a handful of Power 5 teams in, in the program's history, and yet they come in here to Memorial Stadium and, and leave in with a win, and it's a great win for UTSA. For and I don't think we should take anything yeah. away from that because they played better than Illinois, and the players said that after the game as well, and, and Bielema gave credit to the Roadrunners in that sense too. But breaking down some of the Illinois issues, and they were somewhat limited here again, Arter Sikowski is the starting quarterback. Brandon Peters warmed up, as did Chase Brown. Neither guy, once the game got started, though, was actually in quote-unquote uniform. No pads, just on the sideline. So that tells us that something else has happened there with Chase, which they could have used him uh, once again today. 146 rushing yards for the Illini. You'd like to see more than that. 
no more than 40 yards for any individual player, and Reggie Love the third leads that with 39. Uh, no touchdowns on the ground, and Art Sikowski, although he throws three touchdowns, not nearly as efficient today, 22 for 42, uh, 43 with a, a team total in there, and uh, you know no interceptions, but I just didn't feel like that he got into a rhythm. I didn't feel like the offense that he had necessarily command of it. He missed some throws today, and as a whole, Isaiah Williams goes 8 for 101. That's his best game, but it just it didn't seem to click to me, Marley. Yeah, and I think there was a lot of confidence surrounding Art heading into this one, given what he did when um, he went when Brandon Peters went down and he stepped in for him. I think sometimes that pressure does kind of maybe give you a little bit of an adrenaline rush, whereas today maybe he was in a different mindset coming in, knowing he he was the starter and having that kind of pressure of a big first game on his back. I think that's always something. Uh, to keep in mind did you guys hear from him after the game at all or did they they didn't make him available yeah but um I mean credit to I mean some of the receivers I've I've been impressed with Deuce Span so far guys I honestly didn't expect him yeah big play Deuce I didn't expect him to them to maybe run that play again today um given that they kind of had that one as a surprise against Nebraska like the 45 yard catch um from him but Isaiah Williams has continued to impress as well. But again, Brett, I kind of reiterate the point that you made that it it just seemed like, yeah, they couldn't really get the ball rolling. They had some good plays where they were really moving the chains, like a couple quick drives. But then there were a couple three and outs where it seems like they just couldn't get it, couldn't get it done. Yeah, and for me, the the passes that Art missed were not close on a, on a lot of them, and that's troubling in that sense. And he's still trying to get adjusted and, and get into this offense and, and figure it all out. But, you know, especially early on, there was just a couple passes there that weren't close on either side. And Frank Harris as well, you know, just being on the field, you, you could really see that, man, this if they can force him to pass, and he did have 32 attempts, he goes for 20 for 32, 281 uh, touchdown in that. But I felt like that they were able to establish the run. They put up 217 rushing yards. Sincere McCormick with 31 attempts for 127 yards uh, gained, and then he, he lost 10. So 117 net. That guy was impressive to me, Andy. What was your take from uh, the a little bit higher level on that upper cam? Uh, between Zachary Franklin, Sincere McCormick, and Frank Harris, those three dudes won the game for him. Yeah, and it goes to Illinois not – being able to make adjustments, I feel like. And they did make adjustments on Franklin in the second half because, to be honest, it was a tale of two halves. I thought they did well against McCormick in the first half. They didn't let him get too many yards, but it was just those 10 to 15-yard gains to Franklin. Uh, and they were He was in man coverage against Devin Witherspoon the entire first half, and it seemed like every time they needed a big gain, it was always Harris to Franklin, either a comeback on the sideline or a slant across the middle each time it was good for 10 yards and that's a first down every time you complete it he yeah he just they just kept going back to him and it felt like Illinois wasn't able to make the adjustment to change that when they did at halftime then it was when the run game picked up sincere McCormick had an amazing game you can tell why people hype him up so much you know being going to UTSA he only had I believe group of five offers coming out of high school so to see him develop into the kind of running back that he has is great for the roadrunners he's going to be a really good running back and maybe even go to the next level as well and the uh, the ability to I shouldn't say the ability because I mean the opposite not being able to 
establish the run on your side of the ball then for Illinois was one of the reasons you lost. When you have to have Sitkowski pass 42 times a game, you're not going to win games yeah, when he, he does that. He can't pass that much for this yeah, offense absolutely to be not. successful. And he, he's he taken the, tur- uh, the turnover out of his game, which, good for him. I think everyone always talks about his 20-interception season as a true freshman. Hasn't had a turnover through two games for Illinois, so off to a good start. Hopefully he's got those demons behind him. But when he is passing 42 times a game, he should be completing more than 22 of those. And I don't really see any scenario where he should be doing that. You should be running the ball. In it. And, and I know it stinks not to have Chase Brown in there, you know, the, your uh, workhorse back. You have to kind of go by committee. Chase Hayden wasn't available as well. We didn't see him. So we saw more of Josh McCray and uh, Jakari Norwood. Got some time they at the beginning Mike of the game. Epstein, you still He's, have Mike Epstein, though. still have Mike Epstein. He was the starter exactly. last week. He yeah, should be he, able to produce. he went to, down in the fourth. Produce. He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. It, so. He got hurt in the fourth. So when Reggie Love, and this is nothing against Reggie Love, but when you think about the depth chart, he's the fourth guy in the running back room, it seems like. So when he's leading the game with only 39 yards, like Illinois, I know you want to have a backfield that's done by committee, but you need to, you know, one guy needs to take a hold of that and get more than total. Uh, 40 total yards yeah it's disappointing too when the running back room was so hyped at the beginning oh, yeah. of the season and to I mean you know maybe they'll bounce back I have high hopes still if you know they can get some guys healthy again but yeah and um, Reggie Love getting 39 yards is great when he's not the leading rusher if, if you guys know what I mean like yeah. that yeah. that's great for Reggie that that is a good compliment if you look at UTSA's line Brendan Brady was a great compliment to McCormick. I mean, he was out there for 67 yards, had two scores, which McCormick didn't have any, which I'm surprised to read. Uh, that's great stuff. And that's what Illinois needs to build around. I, that's what they need to be with the running back. Yeah, they need a guy that's getting exactly. 100-plus yards. They need the one main back, and then these sure. kinds of performances from Love and Epstein, those are the types of compliments that make you a really dangerous team rushing. And they're just not there yet. Yeah, and it, you could tell early on it's 14 nothing early in the second quarter, and it, you're going, whoa, okay. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. This isn't going according to plan for uh, Illinois here. And then you got that sense. You give a team – a group of five team coming to play a Big Ten team, an FCS team, whatever it is, you give them that momentum and that confidence early, and it, it's just tough because those those teams have nothing to lose. I've seen it too many times at Illinois with Eastern Michigan, with Western Michigan, with USF, you know, dating back even further than that. And it's what I talked with uh, Robert Rosenthal in the Sunday No Huddle about is it, – it's just this Illinois thing where, you know, they schedule these teams and they're supposed to be bad. They're supposed to be wins. And then they're not because these teams are good. But at the same point, Illinois has to be better. Just go out there and win the game. And so often than not, that that just hasn't been the case. But the slow start for Illinois, especially offensively, and then not letting the offense get back on the field. Third downs were terrible early on for Illinois. And then the third quarter was just as bad. They did get that field goal uh, from James McCord in the third quarter, but you know their their third quarter was just terrible. Eighteen plays for thirty yards in the third quarter for Illinois' offense. You just can't win games doing that. And and that's when they should have had their best quarter. After coming out of halftime, you get yes, the ball. You make back. adjustments exactly. You make the adjustments in, in the halftime speech, the halftime talk. And I'm sorry to change the subject, Brett, but. Just looking through these stats right now, we're kind of getting the first chance as we get back from the stadium to do this. Uh, the thing that surprises me most, even more than McCormick not scoring, UTSA had zero sacks. I thought the entire game that the UTSA defensive line was just manhandling the Illini offensive line. So it's such a surprise to me that they never once got to 
Arter Sikowski in the backfield. And I don't know if that just means that the Arter was really good about getting the ball away or if maybe they... I, I think that was maybe it because there was a couple times he threw it away. He did throw it away, but and maybe they were just really good about limiting the running lanes and maybe that's why Illinois didn't have that many rushing yards because it just maybe. felt it just felt like that was where the game was won we always say in the trenches but like that specific battle was where UTSA really bested Illinois yeah because if UTSA can go on the road and put up 217 rushing yards and Illinois can only establish 146 they're probably going to win the game <laughs> exactly. I mean it's I don't think it's really all that difficult. And, and when your defense can't get off the field and they have sustained drives and they hit you with a couple of big plays as well, that's a recipe to walk out with the loss. And, and here's where Illinois is at now. And so they have to regroup and try and find a way to bounce back and go to a tough Virginia team in, in Charlottesville and play on the road in a true road environment now and see what they can do. And, and the outlook certainly changes for as high as we were last week on what this could mean for Illinois long-term. You you take a step back, and Illinois proved in 2019 after losing Eastern Michigan that, hey, they can still make a bowl. They can still do some things, but you've got to have some upsets along the way. And, Andy, we had talked about this before when we look at the season, and it's so difficult to do. You can't sit here and just say, oh, well, they're going to win that game or whatever else because it just doesn't happen that way. Uh, but this is a step back in terms of if they're trying to get to six, now you're looking at the schedule going, okay, well, how does this play out? Well, Charlotte beats Duke today. You probably didn't expect that. That's a, you know going to be a difficult game as well. Uh, I saw Purdue hung hung on and and barely won uh, today as well. And so you you just start to look at these things and you're going, okay, well if we're putting this calculus together of, of where this all fits into the puzzle, I wasn't good at calculus. Ah, uh, yeah, yikes. I didn't even make it to calculus. I didn't, I didn't either. I just avoided that. It just seemed like a fun word to say because you know. Sure. <laughs> Put it in there. Sounds smart, right? Uh, after midnight edition here. But, uh, you know, when you start putting all these things together and you say, well, now you're going to have to go knock off somebody, you know, that, that maybe you weren't favored to win. And that's what they did in 2019, beating Wisconsin and Michigan State in games they weren't predicted to win. But it's it's tough. It makes it a lot tougher to get to where they want to go. Yeah, and I think it puts the pressure on them now. I think, you know, the team has been very much, you know, one game at a time kind of mentality. But I think down the road when it's getting close, when maybe they're sitting at four or five wins, they're going to look back at this one and be like, man, that was the one that got away. And ultimately it could make or break their bowl eligibility, I think, because this was supposed to be a winnable game for Illinois. Who yeah, knows? They could turn it around and beat Virginia on the road and get a couple upsets along the way. But this one, I think, is going to be compared to the Eastern Michigan game in 2019, where Illinois comes off a big home opener and then falls in the second yep. game of the season. And that's that's <laughs> Illinois. I want to know where you guys are right now. Maybe we can do this every week, get an update on how, if you think they're going to get to six. Because, like you said, Brett, last week we were talking – we're going through the 50-50 games, and after you beat Nebraska, you're like, okay, that puts you in a really good spot to possibly get to six wins. And, of course, six wins means a bowl game. But with this one, and I was telling Brett earlier today or earlier when we were leaving the stadium that I can't see them getting to six anymore. When you look at the schedule, you need – I say this, that we put you need to put emphasis now on the Virginia game. You need to go get that one because in conference, I'm not sure Illinois is going to find – you know five or four more wins because that's what you're going to need at that point if you do lose to Virginia. So me right now, I'm putting the chances at six. I feel like 
pretty low, but I want to know what you guys think about where they are with the schedule they have left because this one was one that you needed, I feel like, to get to that that magic number. Yeah, I agree, but I think we can't underestimate Brett Bielema. I mean, mm. he's been in the Big Ten before. Yes, it was many years ago, but he knows – what it takes to win in this conference. I mean, he took Wisconsin to some of, you know, their best seasons in program history. Granted, there was a ton of talent on those teams, but I think he he knows what it takes to win in this league. Uh, maybe didn't have that success at, at Arkansas, but maybe he can do it at Illinois. And I think, you know, there should be a little bit more more faith in him and being able to bring this program to where it wants to go yeah I, I'm with you Marley I trust the coaching staff here to make adjustments I feel like this team will continue to get better throughout the year but injuries are going to be a part of that and oh, we'll yeah. see what happens losing Keith Randolph tonight was a was a big loss and he hobbled off the field and you know it did not look promising with a yeah. brace on his right knee could barely even get off the field and took a cart back to the locker room so you know injuries are a huge part of that but I do feel like that if they can stay somewhat healthy, this this coaching staff will put them in positions to succeed. And that in this first year with Brett Bielema, that they will continue uh, to improve. Is that going to be enough to get to six? I don't know. This is certainly a, a dagger to that, you know. Um, but ultimately, if they're four or five wins, uh, you know, that's still pretty good considering where teams in the past of Illinois, first-year head coaches have been. Uh you know, if you're at four or five, you're you're doing something pretty good there, at least to set the foundation. Obviously, you'd want more with 22 super seniors, but um, you know, it's it's where they're at. So we'll see. It's it's going to be tough next week on the road at Virginia. Uh, they're not going to be favored, and then you come home and and you face a Maryland team that um, I believe won today. Yeah, they look good today. And so you know, West Virginia. Yeah, um, it's going to be tough, but you know. That's why they get paid the big bucks, right? That's right. And, you know, that, that's you're right. They get paid the big bucks to solve these kinds of problems. But, but like I said, I think so much more emphasis is put on this Virginia game than, and I, you know, I have to wonder how often has Brett Bielema coach teams had to worry about this whole six win thing through the, through the whole season. Cause Marley mentioned that when he was at Wisconsin, the six wins was almost a guarantee. It was, I don't think he missed a bowl game when he was, with the Badgers. No. And and then, of course, it, it got worse with Arkansas, but he still made it three out of five years to sure. a bowl game there. And I, looking at the big picture, I think Illinois fans are probably going to hope that this converse, this kind of conversation gets put to rest. The wondering if they're going to get to six wins. Yeah. Um, but Virginia this week, we're still in this scenario where we're wondering where the six wins are going to come from. I think it is going to be big to to get to that point yeah we'll see they go on the road early game 10 a.m central time on saturday marley you're making the trip yeah maybe it'll be competitive for a good storyline okay. <laughs> i don't yeah. know if i want to make the trip and have them get blown <laughs> out by 20 points or something but oh yeah we've been on those yeah marley can finally run a car so can then she can go car. on a trip now it's yeah. great <laughs> all right for marley weirda andy olsen i'm brett barons this has been the three in one podcast we'll do it again next week from the road, Marley, and hope to have uh, some better results. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time here on the 3 in 1 podcast.